You're not a victim. You're doing it. And when you're ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. Hello and welcome to the Humble You Podcast, where we talk all things minds, body, and life. And this podcast features a conversation with photographer Stephen Strobel. Stephen uses art to raise mental health awareness. In his images, he captures principles such as self-discovery, personal happiness, and compassion for others. He's currently residing in North Carolina and continues to push his limits both behind the lens and in his personal life. So Stephen, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here, man. I appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this a lot. Me too. Uh, you know, we connected on Instagram. You know, I don't know you much personally, but through our conversations and in your post, I realized that you have a, a tremendous message to share that you kind of came to on your own. I'm wondering a little bit of the background story that led to that message and that mission in your life. Yeah. Um, so kind of rewind back to 2018, um, a couple years ago. Um, at the time, I was... I didn't know it. I was struggling a lot mentally. Um, it was some things that like I hadn't really addressed. Um, I was working a job that made me absolutely miserable. Um, I was just in a lot of positions where I wasn't flourishing as a person. Um, I was kind of refusing to, you know, help myself and, and sort of look at myself and, and take a step back and say, you know, what, what do you need? You know, things like that. Um, and it was, like I said, 2018, I had a side gig um, that I was doing stage setups. And um, I got on doing a metal festival outside of Lynchburg, Virginia. Hmm. And I spent the entire time not only, you know, setting up drums and doing stage setup, but while the bands were playing, just taking pictures. Um, and so at the time I had, you know, uh, I think that it was a Samsung S7 or um and I was just, you know, kind of down trying to, you know, get the good angles and taking pictures and things like that. Um, I'm a huge music junkie. So the whole environment was just explosive for me, you know. Mm. Um, and I kind of that's that's where my photographic journey started, you know, um, being in that environment, you know, sort of around things that I love. And I was like, man, you know, I, I might actually be kind of good at this, you know, mm. um, and then I got hurt at that metal festival. I got a, uh, a hernia and was out of work for six weeks. And during that period, um, I started to take photography a little bit more serious. I had some downtime and I was away from, you know, the job that was hindering me. And it was a good kind of eye opener that was, you know, maybe this is not really what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Hmm. Um, and I started to lean really into, you know, all the pictures that I had taken. Um, and so I invested in a 35 millimeter um, Canon AE-1 from 1977. I actually found it in a consignment shop. Um, <laughs> and I bought it for $40 and I went home and it was wow. the happiest person ever. Yeah, <laughs> I was the happiest person ever. Um, and so I got on Amazon and just overloaded on film and um, told myself that if I'm going to learn how to do this, I'm going to learn how to do it the correct way. Um, and so I started completely manual. Every picture that you take has to be set, you know, to a T. Um, and so I just learned the hard way. I went through, you know, three or four rolls of film that were nothing but light leak and, and blurry images and things like that. And then once I figured it out, man, it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of a rabbit hole from there. I just wanted to get better and get better and get better. Wow. So and during that period, um, I was able to, you know, reflect and just say, you know, what is it in life that 
is not working for me. And this is, this was a really hard fought lesson for me um, because letting go of a lot of things uh, has, has never been my forte. So, you know, you kind of latch onto something and, and you think like, this is my forever. Um, and it's, clouds what you do you know it clouds who you're really supposed to be Hmm. um and so i was in a relationship at the time and i was trying to be a dad and i was trying to work you know just the the basic job and you know be be the irregular american dad you know yeah um and i just realized that some of the things i were doing or i was doing just wasn't really me um we ended up uh mutually splitting up and at the time you're like oh that's you know horrible i can't believe i'm going through this um, but at the same time, it was so much for the better, you know, um, and, and it's not that, you know, that she wasn't bad or anything like that. We actually had a great relationship, but it was just, it's not where I was supposed to be. Um, so that six weeks that I took down while I was recovering from surgery, um, it was just a huge soul search, man. And then I just started making changes. Um, one of those big changes was I stopped drinking and that sort of opened up a little, cause that was a, that was a big resistor for me. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, and that's where my, um, start for the search for, you know, self-help and self-improvement started. Mm. Mm. Um, and self-connection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, not being clouded by, you know, outside things and, and trying to basically just put a mask over everything or a bandaid. Like you have a bad day at work, you come home and, you know, booze it, just yeah. crush it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just took a long look at, the things that I needed for myself. And I had a lot of people who were very supportive. Um, so, you know, I was living in Virginia at the time and um, I hadn't really been able to see my family a lot cause they lived down here in North Carolina. Hmm. And so when I, I actually called my mom and I was like, I'm about to make the biggest life change ever. And this is like, I want to, I want to pursue photography. I want to change jobs and like, I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make hmm. it happen. And yeah, it just so happened that, um, my beautiful day job, which I absolutely love, Trader Joe's, was they were building a, a new one here in uh, Greensboro. Okay. And I was like, dude, I got to get on it. And yeah, I went to, uh, I love it because we actually did open interviews. So like you walk in, you fill out an application, you stand in line hmm. um, and you do interviews right there on the spot. And uh, it was actually an old blockbuster video, which I thought was so cool. But it was all kind of that you know, like I started just searching for myself and, you know, understanding like, why are you getting so depressed all the time? What is it that's causing you anxiety? And you just go to the chopping block, you know, Mm. you don't like your job. You can't stand your boss. You, you know, despise everybody that's, that's in that job, chop it. You Mm. can do it, make the difference. Um, at the time, sacrifices. Yeah. 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 And it was really terrifying because at the time I was making about $23 an hour. And so, that took a really big leap of faith, (laughs) you know, that's a tough decision. That was, that was really difficult. And, um, I just kind of swallowed it, man. And, you know, I had a, I had a long talk with my mom about it and she was like, you, the biggest changes that you can ever make in your life are literally just falling off a cliff and Mm. seeing where it goes. And so I did, I just kind of sacrificed myself to the void and I was like, I'm going to pursue this. Mm. So yeah, here we are. You know, I'm seeing a, (laughs) uh, an interesting I guess, perspective is you took that route of instead of the easy way to learn how to do photography or just throwing filters on, you actually took the way to the hard way to learn it. And then you sort of did that with yourself too. Instead of taking the easy, what you, you know, uh, you know, with the alcohol, maybe you did a little bit and everyone does the easy way to mask and, and suppress your thoughts and feelings. But 
when you did that work and you actually took the hard route, you know, you really made that connection. And I'm yeah. seeing that connection with both, uh, you know, your photography and, and with yourself. It took a lot of sacrifice and that's the scariest part about it. You know, when you, when you travel down that rabbit hole, there's so much sacrifice and you have to let friends go. You have to let mm. relationships go. You have to let jobs go. You have to let a lot go. You know, I, I left a three bedroom house in the middle of the woods. It was beautiful out there. It was, it was so nice out there. Um, mm. We had no light pollution there. And so you could see the international space station flying in the sky, you know, it yeah. just Virginia sunsets were absolutely outstanding every mm. single day out in the country. Um, and I traded it for the city life. And, mm. you know, of course I have my quarrels with city life, but I do find myself and I guess it's all been part of my transformation with my perspective and everything. I find myself sitting in traffic and I'm just kind of like, Oh, well, you know, this is here we are, you know, yeah. like we're, we're just kind of in it, you know, and, and everyone around me is like white knuckling their steering wheels, like, go, oh, you know, and I'm just like, oh, turn my music up and just chill. I'll get yeah. there when I get there. You, you brought that <laughs> sense of calmness in the woods into the city. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think about it a lot, you know, when I would get off work and I would light the grill and just kind of listen, you could hear the birds and the deer in the, in the woods and everything. And I just, yeah, I'll kind of go back there every once in a while. But yeah. <laughs> but that is life, you know, life's chaotic. And what we're supposed to do is sort of make some order out of it, you know, form it yeah. in, a, in a better way and take all the chaos and everything and all the possibilities and, and become creators in a sense. Absolutely. Um, I... So I used to skateboard. Um, mm -hmm. I still ride my board. Like I keep a board in the back of my car, man, because I'll park somewhere and have some time to kill and just, you know, nice. you know, Let go out. through a parking lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I grew up uh, music, always music. I've been to so many concerts and, and shows and things like that. So when I got asked to help out with the stage setups, it was a no brainer, you know, mm -hmm. at the time. Um, but just kind of using all that inspiration. When I came down here to North Carolina, man, I just, I'd spent some time walking around and, and getting a feel for the city and just, you know, being a part of that again. And all, all those inspirations kind of came back to me, you know, like uh, the grittiness and the edginess and, you know, that punk vibe you get with skateboarding. And I remember when I used to play music, we would stand out in the middle of a random city, you know, waiting to get in the venue so we could load all of our crap in, you know, <laughs> and all those things just kind of, you know, came to me. They just, you know, sort of blanketed me. And that was a lot of my inspiration for the street photography. Um, mm. So that's where I, you know, started the journey with street photography was mm. using these inspirations that I've grown up with and that I knew for so long. And so I just wanted to kind of capture that. Um, if you go through all of my pictures, it doesn't matter which one you go through. There is a piece of me in every single one of those pictures. Mm. Um, when I did the depression shoot recently, I was mental health, mental health awareness shoot. Um, that was such a big deal for me. I see, especially through the COVID period that we're all dealing with right now, and we are all dealing with it, no matter how bad people want to shade it. And they're like, oh, it's, you know, not that bad here, whatever. We're all dealing with it. Um, and I am seeing people for the first time in their life have anxiety attacks. Mm. They're having depression, you know, um, mm -hmm. we're, it's what, July. And I'm meeting people that haven't left their house since March. Um, so all these things just kind of go with that, you know, and there's people who are 40, 50 years old and they've never had an anxiety attack and they're having panic attacks in the, in the parking lot because they don't know what to do. Yep. Um, I remember specifically one instance when all of this happened, we had to make a lot of changes at work. Um, just because, I mean, everybody did, you know, um, 
And I remember this woman walking up to me after she left the store and she had her mask on and she looked at me and she told me that she was afraid she was going to die. And it's, it's heavy, you know, those things are heavy. And so I started kind of looking at my environment, understanding, you know, cause if you, <laughs> if you play into it, it will drown you. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much emotion that's happening right now. And, and all these people are, are angst and, and just, you know, kind of, chopping at the bit because they want everything to go back to normal. And there's so much emotional pressure that's around us every time we leave the house. Um, And so I, I thought about it and I was like, man, people are, you know, for the first time ever, they're experiencing what mental health issues are like. Mm. And so that was the inspiration for doing um, my depression shoot. It was the mental health awareness shoot because I wanted people to know like people like me deal with it on a daily basis. I, you know, every single day, I'm not going to lie. Like I can sit here and tell you like my journey for self-improvement is glorious and it's golden and there's rainbows and, and, you know, sunrises every single day, but it's not like that. Um, so I was just wanted to raise the awareness. Like if you're feeling these things, it's okay. Um, and so the person that I used, um, as a model, she deals with them too. She has a lot of situations that she's been through. Um, and she actually reached out to me and she was like, I want to do, you know, I want to do a shoot with you sometime. Hmm. And uh, I was like, sure, we can brainstorm, we can figure something out. And then, you know, as I was watching everything that was happening at work and everything that was changing in the world, it dawned on me. I was like, I feel like I need to kind of express a message. Hmm. Um, and so the mental health awareness shoot came up. We did it and it got so much positive feedback. Um, I actually remember people were messaging me on Facebook, like people I had never met before, you know, cause it gets shared and, and yeah. um, goes through my photo page on Facebook and people were messaging me that I'd never met before. And they were like, this is literally what I feel like. This is what's happening to me. Mm. And so I was like, you know, thank you. Like, thank you for sharing that. Like there are always ways to deal with them. Like you can, you know, you can identify it, you can isolate it and you can work on it. And every single day it's work, you know, like I said, I deal with it every single day. Mm -hmm. And there are things that you do throughout the day that you identify like, Oh, I'm feeling this. This is what I'm going to do to counter it. Um, I'm very fortunate to work for a company right now that they have taken it so seriously. Um, and they tell us all the time, like, if you are feeling anxious, if you guys are feeling depressed, like, let us know, like we can accommodate. And so that's been, that's been huge because I got the job and I didn't know how accommodating the company was. And it's just, it's sort of one of those things where I was on this journey of fixing myself and learning how to deal, you know, and manage the things that I was fighting. And then I (laughs) just so happened to start working for a company that caters to those things. And this company allows me to not have that stress. And they allow me to take the time that I need to breathe so that I can go home and work on my photography without going home and drinking myself to death. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, just a lot of, go ahead. What I was going to say is, uh, do you know, Friedrich Nietzsche? No. So Nietzsche was a uh, philosopher, Uh, back, I believe, in the late 1800s. And he really spoke a lot of truth. Um, I love his material. And what he wrote once was, only trust those that write with their blood. And though you're not a writer, you're putting your blood into your photography. And that's why people can connect to it, because it's real. It's authentic. You know, it has something to it. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I really, you know, it hit me when you said that. And I really appreciate that you do that. And not only is it great for others, but it's great for yourself. It's almost like a therapy in a sense. It is. Um, it absolutely is. Um, I do see a therapist weekly. Um, when, when I started seeing a therapist, I was seeing a therapist twice a week. Um, and it's so weird. I know that you're all about synchronicity and the way, you know, <laughs> those meaningful coincidences. Like I, I know that you're all about that. Yeah. The universe um, winking back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so when I was living in Virginia and I decided like, I need to find another job, I have to start figuring out my mental health. I have to start, you know, working on these things to be a better person, not only for myself, but for my daughter, the people around me who support me, like they don't want to see me live in this hole. Um, and I knew that I needed to start seeing a therapist and I was terrified that I was going to have to pay for a therapist because they are expensive. Yeah. Um, and another thing unbeknownst to me, Trader Joe's caters 100%. They 100% pay for my therapy. Um, so it's just those weird little coincidences that happen that say like, okay, man, like you decided that you wanted to do this. Here's something I'm giving you go fix yourself, mm. you know, take the time that you need and start fixing yourself. Mm. So, yeah. Honestly, if I would have never got that hernia, I don't know if I'd uh, started doing this whole journey, to be honest with you, man. So. How about that? And it's, uh, it, it takes two things. It takes the awareness to build the awareness to be able to see these things. And then you have to take the action. You can't just sit around and hope for things. Absolutely. You actually have to go out and, and take the action, uh, which yeah. you have. And it's, and it's very inspiring. It has been. Um, it's, it's a constant battle. It really is. Um, but I tell people all the time. Um, if you wake up every single day and you tell yourself the exact same thing, that's your subconscious telling you, Hey, this is where you're supposed to be. And you have to start that journey. You mm -hmm. have to figure out how to do it. You have to figure out the balance. Mm -hmm. Um, there's so much balance in what I do. Um, you know, I get my daughter every other week and when she's here, I really don't do a lot. You know, my time goes to her. Mm -hmm. Um, and I talk to my therapist about it. She worries that it kind of takes away from my creative edge a little bit. Um, and by no means do I find that sacrifice, you know, a bad thing, you know, because I enjoy seeing her, I enjoy seeing her happy and it's healthy for her. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, when the weeks roll around and I give her back, you know, she goes back home to Virginia. Um, I'm like, okay, so where do I start now? Like I, I have a week, you know, let's figure out what I'm gonna do this week. And, um, so it's, it's, it's really, I just kind of listen to myself, man. And every single day, you know, I tell myself like, you're, you want to be a photographer. Um, and that's, that's where it all started. Like I wanted something else in my life and I went out, found something else for my life to, to cater. So mm. before you had that experience with the, with the music festival, um, it was an impactful experience. It happened in two phases. You were kind of put in the place that showed you photography and then you got hurt. So it kind of get it, gave you a little one, two punch there. It did. Um, was, <laughs> was there any sort of spirituality or intuition in yourself before then, or did that, was that the catalyst to open the portal? I think before, um, I had had I had had tons of instances. I'd been trying to leave that job for a year. I just, I basically just didn't have the guts to do it, you know? And, and like I said, walking away from $23 an hour, it's, yeah. anybody says, Hey, um, do you want to cut your pay in half and go live your dream? <laughs> you know? And you're like, I, you're crazy. Don't talk to me, you know? <laughs> um, and before, I mean, like I had had little instances where I was like, this isn't where you're supposed to be. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. Um, you know, I was, I was, it was kind of like the call of the wild. Like I wanted to go home. 
lots of times I wanted to go home and it was just constant. And it was always like, you don't belong here. Like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. Um, I'm going to shift back to my early twenties. Um, this is going to, this is going to sound kind of weird. Um, but in my early twenties, I don't know, I don't know how, how much I can give out here, <laughs> but say anything. Okay. So in my early, yeah. All right. So my early twenties, man, I ate a lot of mushrooms. Um, mm. So I am so big on like psilocybin and I got to experiment with uh, true blue DMT a few times. Wow. And that was really sort of an eye opener for me. Um, and I know like anybody hears that and they're like, man, you are like off your rocker. Like yeah. you're just kind of living in, you know, these acid flashbacks or something, but no, it's, it's, <laughs> I I started to kind of open myself up in my early 20s and I started to realize like there is so much more to this world than what we really give it credit. And I remember many times, you know, laying in the middle of a, a, a cow pasture and just, you know, four hours deep into a mushroom, you know, and, and I'm just like, I'm just laying there listening to the trees and I'm just like, holy crap, they're communicating, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like in that fold. But yeah. There were times after that where I would be just sort of like out and about, you know, looking at things. I would go hiking or something like that. And I remember just kind of stopping and thinking and, and, you know, taking the world in a little bit more. And I almost felt like there was that connection, Mm. you know. So, like, I felt like a a connection that, like, you just, you belong somewhere, you know. And at the time, I was still living in Winston. Um, at that time I was, and, and I was like, man, this is, this is like my home. Like I feel good about it. And so when I moved away, I instantly was like, why did you move away? You know? Um, but there were a lot of instances where, um, just speaking to myself and being like, you know, there's some things you need to figure out and like, you're Mm -hmm. not where you need to be. You are in a bad position. And I spent like probably nine years masking it. Yeah. Wow. And wow. constantly, constantly, you know, feeling these things. But I, I definitely know that like in my early 20s when I was kind of experimenting a little bit, um, there were a lot of moments where I would just kind of talk to myself and be like, you know, fix yourself, man. Like mm. you, you kind of have a little bit more going for you than just, you know, kind of being like here. Like yeah. you, you can be a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. So, but at the time I wasn't, I wasn't willing to take any steps necessary to change it. Mm. So Psychedelics, I've always... I was, I'm interested in them uh, for the sense, cause I've studied psychology and they're starting to microdose with mushrooms yeah. and LSD and it's really opening people's minds up. I've talked to a lot of people that that helped them open their minds. And the way I see it is sometimes we're just thinking so much and making our own judgments and beliefs and labels that we don't allow that unconscious spirit within to, to kind of form into being in a sense. Um, right. And then that allows you to, to really tap into to what's inside and, and you get to see the the more expansive nature of, of life, as you said. Um, I, I just always felt like I didn't have my mind set. I was always a little bit, you know, I'm very conscious. I was always a little bit nervous because I didn't know if I had everything mentally stable. You know, I didn't want to go off and get hurt in a sense. Right. But I've um, been thinking, not that I'm going to do any crazy things, I've been thinking <laughs> that I'm at a point and I'm having someone on the podcast soon. I could get this name wrong, but I'm sure you'll understand it. Um, Ashwagandha, ayahuasca, ayahuasca. That's ayahuasca. Yeah, ayahuasca. Absolutely. absolutely. He, he had an experience and he's going to come on and share it, which I'm very excited about. I've heard That's... some interesting stuff about ayahuasca. Uh, they say it's this nature spirit or something in that sense. So I'm an expert, obviously. I'm going to share something with you here. Um, I'm going to, I'll start with a little bit of, 
of how I started the kind of spiritual journey with myself. Like when I was eating mushrooms, you can, you can feel that they're like, everyone has a presence and everything around you emits something, you know, Mm. like everything is a vibration. We all break it down. There's a vibration. Um, and people have an energy and we are such an intelligent species that we radiate, you know, we radiate all the time and we're very expressive. Mm. And I remember (laughs) multiple occasions where I would be kind of tripping, you know, Mm. and I would just, I could look at somebody and I'd be like, you're a good dude. You know, like you're a good person, like you're okay. You know, and, and there was a flip-flop where like you could look at other people and be like, nah, I don't, want to, I don't want to mess with you, you know? And they're like, you've never met me. And I'm like, I don't have to. <laughs> so this is going to be total, like I said, this is total left field. Um, I can swear absolute honesty on my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so ayahuasca has always been like a bucket list thing for me um, just because of how spiritual it is. Like I have seen you know, I guess videos and things like that. And, and it's hard to credit that because you've never experienced it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't say like, Oh, that's definitely what it is. Cause I've never done it. However, um, I did actually have, uh, one, one instance when I was smoking DMT where, um, when, when we would, we kind of had rituals is what we would do. So we would, you know, get a really positive like headspace and we would just focus on like, what are the good things? What are the positive things that are, you know, around us and about us? And like, what do we, what, what do we want to share with each other? Like, as we kind of go through this, because, you know, at that first you're just like, this is a drug, like I'm going to do it. And, you know, you just kind of ride it, but then it became a little bit more serious. And, you know, I was, kind of hanging around somebody who was that was just his thing like he was like man just positivity all the time and that's like that's that's how you're supposed to live life and so i remember maybe my third or fourth time actually giving dmt a full try um and i this is going to sound absolutely bonkers but i 100 swear to this on, on everyone's life around me i remember uh we were listening to music and i just kind of you know inhaled and laid my head back and i remember walking through a hallway of mirrors that were sort of they were wrapped in vines so it was almost like a garden of eden type thing like there were these doors and they were mirrored doors around me but they were just like door frames and each one of them were mirrors and i remember just like pacing through the mirrors and around me is, you know, landscape and and there's, there's birds and things like that. And I just kind of like went through and then that was it. Like I came, you know, and woke up and everyone's like staring at me, like, where did you go? Like, what are you doing, man? And I was just like, I was so freaked out because I didn't know what happened. And again, I'm, I'm a scientific person. So like, I try to break things down. Like, dude, you are, you, (laughs) it's a drug, like take it for what it is. Like whatever you just went through was like a hallucination or something like that. But ever Mm -hmm. since that moment, I started, I started kind of processing, like there is more to like our surroundings than what we're kind of aware of, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. ayahuasca puts you in touch with something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is like a mother spirit, that's um, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things yeah. that I've that I've witnessed. Um, okay. And people will literally like they're sick, they're sick, they're sick, and then all of a sudden they're just like zoned in with this mother spirit, hmm. and it's basically just telling them like you can let go, like you have challenges, like you can be cleansed, like you can be 
a better version of yourself, you know? Mm. So I know that it is like, it is a true blue, like form of medication for people, especially people who fight like, you know, heroin addictions and things like that. Yeah. Um, people who have been through extremely traumatic experiences in their life, PTSD and things like that, they seem to gain a bigger knowledge and some sort of, you know, deep understanding of the things around them. And it helps them kind of, you know, deal. And they're like, wow, like I have been kind of living in a shell a little bit and my experiences really don't make me like this Mm. was, this was something that happened. And now I feel like I have the energy to move on from that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, there is, man, it's so interesting. And it's like almost related to what we're talking about, because for me personally, I have, again, I haven't done any of these, these, um, I guess, mind expansive drugs, but when I started doing my inner dive and I opened up that unconsciousness connected with my inner spirit, I noticed energies off of people. I was starting to get vibes off of people. I never felt like that before. And then like, I noticed animals, you know, not to say I'm some animal whisperer, but they come closer (laughs) to me and like dogs really enjoy me. The other day, this lady, I was on the beach and her dog came up to me. She said, Oh my gosh, my dog never goes up to men. It's so scared of men. And it was just like, I had that realization. I said, you know what? You know, there's, there's some energy that we all admit and we change it based off of how we impact this reality. And that's what keeps me in a sense, spiritual about living life and exploring and creating because, you know, what is that? How do we explain that? I wasn't taught any of this in school. Right. Right. Um, and that kind of goes with, you know, like I said, like I would, I would, and, and, and people who listen to this are just like, wow, you guys are talking about drugs. That's weird. <laughs> but, <laughs> I brought it back without drugs. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But it's, I mean, my experience with that, that sharing of energy is, it's literally mushrooms. Like I could eat mushrooms and then, you know, two, three hours into it, I can just look at people and I can feel like what they're emitting. Mm. You can, cause everyone walks, my, my therapist talks about a heart energy. Everyone has a heart energy. So you have like a radius of energy that gets yeah. put off from your heart. Yeah. And that's why when you spend so much time, like close to another person, you feel more close with that person. Cause you're sharing that energy, that person. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I know from personal experiences that, people do. We admit those things. And it's, it's really on both ends of the spectrum. You can tell, like you see a person, you're like, wow, that person really likes their life. And then you see on the other end of the spectrum where you're like, that dude's miserable, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can just feel it coming off them. You can see that guy walking across the parking lot and you're like, Oh, he's going to be a headache. Like he's just, (laughs) you know, admitting that far that he's just like, God, this guy sucks already. So (laughs) I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you another thing that has really helped me. Um, so I have a saying, um, that I made up a couple years ago when I sort of started this entire journey, Mm -hmm. um, changing little pieces of my life and my daily routine. And one of those things I don't, really think people understand is the way that they talk. Um, so I have a, I have a saying and it's, um, sticks and stones may break bones, but words can often kill. So you don't really understand, you know, just day to day. We say little things like we have inconveniences and we're, Oh man, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. Oh, that's, that's dumb. I don't like that. That's, Oh, that's so stupid. I hate that. It doesn't matter. There's no relevance to it in your life, yeah. but you're still like, you're admitting that. Mm. And I learned that words actually carry those emotions. So whatever emotion you're applying to it, whatever brain power you're associating into your vocal cords that says, I hate that. 
Hate's a hell of a word, man. Mm. That's a strong word. Mm. Um, and so I started looking at the world as, do I really hate it? Or was it just something that it's not me? It's something that I don't personally care for. I don't like it. Or it, you know, minor inconvenience or something like that. But we're so quick to be like, oh, I hate, I hate, I hate. Yeah. But it's like, change that. You have to change that word. And mm -hmm. so hate is is so powerful and the words that we give off are so powerful and they're very meaningful and they're when they're negative they're very meaningful when they're negative yeah um and we kind of live in a society where we roast each other a lot um and we are really bad about it i mean we are terrible about you know oh you know judge this person and judging that person and negative 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 social media negative 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 and yeah just kind of take a step back and say do i really hate it does it have any effect on my life whatsoever? Do I even need to talk about it? Mm. Probably not. So yeah, sticks and stones may break bones, man, but words can often kill. And yeah. and you don't know kind of the gravity of what you're saying to someone until there's a gun in their mouth. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know how they define certain words. So you might use a word for you energetically that does maybe is a little bit more neutral, but to them, they have this other subjective uh, reality of that word and yeah. you know it just the, the energy inside of them could could be influenced by that uh, it's it's it, a lot of my clients when when they say something and and for me I'm a little bit curious about it I say how true is that for you and Ooh. they'll take a moment and they'll just say you know what you know how true is it yeah and then we explore that and we go through it and you, you'll see some revelations you'll even see some of that negative energy kind of be released it's like a yeah. almost like an aha moment um you know and it's really really interesting I like that. I like that. <laughs> so I, I definitely want to touch on um, the intuition um, just because I, I love, I love the concept of intuition so much. Yeah. Um, just being able to understand like what you're basically what your mind is telling you. Um, yeah. I, I have a lot of quotes. I come up with a lot of things. Nice. Um, so I, even though like, I'm not like a full fledged writer when I was in high school, um, I pursued journalism. Um, I wrote all the time, nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And when I started playing music, I kind of did the same thing. And then when I started doing, you know, drugs, I just sort of like tapered off from that. So I'm getting back into writing a little bit more. Oh, um, great. I'm excited to see some of your writings. They're, they're out there. <laughs> good, <laughs> they're good. out there, man. Um, but I like, again, I have, uh, I have a, a saying, um, that actually I wrote, a, it was part of a song after I read a book, um, called the removers. Um, it's, a uh, it's basically about a guy who grew up like removing dead bodies from houses with his father. Hmm. And they had an instance where there was this 300 pound woman that they had to move. And he, you know, he said it was like when they tried to pick her up, it was like bags of spaghetti falling through his fingers. Oh. Um, but he, he kind of puts it in. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> it's like cold bags of spaghetti. <laughs> um, but he kind of puts it in perspective. He says, man, if you're this much of a pain in the butt when you're dead, I can't imagine what it was like when you were alive. And it, because these are all memoirs that he's kind of going back through, you know, and, um, I, I came up with this thing sort of after that. Like I, as soon as I closed that book, I just started writing. I mean, it, it hit me so hard, man. And um, I came up with this thing that says um, we basically, we each have two faces behind each of our smiles, um, one for regret and one for denial. Mm -hmm. And so the regret is just such a huge resistor. Like, you know, I live with tons of regret, things that I've done and things I should have never done. 
Um, but at the same time, I also live with a lot of denial because mm -hmm. for so long I was telling myself, like, you need to fix this. You need to work on yourself. You need to, you know, stop drowning yourself in negativity and things to mask that negativity just to try to get through your day. Um, and so when I started this whole journey, man, and things just started happening for me, like I said, like I decided, like, I'm going on a self-help journey. I'm going to figure this out. I'm tired of suffering. I don't want to be depressed anymore. Mm. Unfortunately, it doesn't go away. You just learn how to manage it, yeah. um, which is huge, you know, and some people look at that as a negative thing and it is not because it's a good feeling when you, you can feel it happening and you're like, you know what, dude, like I'm kind of in your face right now, depression. Like I'm, I'm not going to let this happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. but just the things, you know, I decided like, I'm going to start working on myself. And once I made that conscious decision, I started making the sacrifices. I started taking the steps and things started happening for me. I was given a job that allowed me to cater to my mental health because that's what I needed to work on. And I specifically told myself, this is what you're going to work on. And then I specifically told myself, if you want to pursue something, you're going to have to find a job to balance. Mm. Um, and photography has been that thing for me. And ever since I have started down that rabbit hole, my intuition has just been explosive. Mm. Um, just telling myself and listening to myself, like you should go do this. Um, when you say explosive, not to, not to stop you, but explosive yeah, no. as in it's increasing, it's, uh, it was almost overwhelming at some times because mm. I would, I could, I could feel it. Um, when I decided that I needed to upgrade my camera equipment. Um, I, I think about this a lot, actually. I decided, you know, kind of telling myself every single day, listen to yourself, whatever you're telling yourself every single day, I would go out and do these street photography runs. And I told myself like, you're maxing out your limits on this camera. Like you have exceeded what this technology can achieve. You need something a little better. And I started thinking about, you know, what is it that I want to achieve in my next um, camera? And it was sort of the dark tones and, and things, you know, it, it had to have exceptional, you know, dark light, you know, low light qualities. And so I got this camera and I actually, when I got it, I slept with it in my bed. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. I was, Talking I was up. Your work. My I love it. I love it. Yeah. You I got it. Your work. <laughs> I got it out of the box and I, I looked at the instruction manual and I was like, I don't need you. And I just, you know, flip it through my camera and I was up cause I go to bed at like eight, eight thirty every night. So we're going to be, we're going to be pushing my bedtime, which is totally fine. I don't care. <laughs> um, cause I don't work tomorrow. So we're good. Um, oh. But, you know, I stayed up until like 1130, like messing with the camera, messing with the camera. And I set it down beside me and I slept with it. Um, that night when I got my camera in the mail, um, somebody messaged me and they were like, hey, there's going to be a protest in Winston tomorrow. And that was it. That was it. Um, because this was kind of in the height of the BLM protests and things mm. that were happening. Um, mm -hmm. So I was like, screw it. I've got this brand new camera. I'm going out after work tomorrow. We're going to see what it does. And I went out there and I took pictures, man. I got to walk in the crowd. I got to be a part of it. Um, just kind of absorb all that energy and, and everything that was going on around me. Hmm. Um, and I ended up like following people up to it because I didn't know where it was going to be. Like that was the only information I had was literally like there's going to be a protest in Winston tomorrow around this time. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's see what happens. Um, taking my brand new camera out there. And I just so happened to like follow this crowd and I'm like, sitting in a circle, just like, you know, okay, looking for things to take pictures of, looking for things to take pictures of. And then they started doing a speech and this dude got on with a megaphone and he's like 
right in front of me doing this speech. And I was just like, holy crap, this is the guy that put it together. Bam, started taking pictures. Just dead in the middle of the street, just like, all right, like I'm doing it. Like here I am. Um, so I did this really, really cool shoot um, for that movement. Um, it was extremely powerful. It was a huge eye opener to me. Um, and then I went, you know, that night I stayed up and I was editing pictures and I finally posted them and it got pretty much immediately. It was like 3,500 engagements on the photos. And I remember I had tagged, um, like, uh, local publication here in North Carolina Mm -hmm. and some of the pictures and he messaged me and was like, I want to meet you. Like, I want to sit down and and talk to you and just kind of like, just meet you, you know? Mm -hmm. And this was all within 24 hours of getting my brand new camera. Wow. So I just kind of told myself like, go get a new camera, dude. Like go get a new camera, you know, like do it, (laughs) like spend the money on it. You have the money, just get this new camera. And 24 hours, man. And it was making it happen. And then, so I'm huge on intuition, just listening, like, okay, whatever you're saying in there, little dude, like I'm doing it, you know? (laughs) And that weekend, like it was so turbulent, just kind of coming off of that all took in all those emotions and everything. Um, that weekend I had actually met someone prior, um, who did tarot card readings. Hmm. And so I messaged her and I was like, I don't know, this just kind of feels like the time, like, are you available this weekend? And she was like, honey, come see me on Sunday. And I was like, okay, so same week, okay, right on the same week, I went and I saw her and the very first card that she pulled for me was intuition, just right there on the table. And once that hit the table and she said, this is your intuition. And I was like, I don't know if we need to go any further. Like, <laughs> that's it. We're, I'm we out of here. Maxed out. Yeah, like, that's it. We kind of maxed out. Wow. Um, and for anyone who is not or is more familiar with tarot cards, I'm sure there's people who will listen that like know a little bit more about it. Mm. Um, I got some really, really interesting cards, man. I got like um, 10 of cups and 10 of pentacles in the same draw. Um, and she kind of took a step back. She was like, I've never seen that before in that spread. And there was, so I had just sat down with, you know, the guy from the newspaper that week and she pulled one card and it was, it was a pinnacle and there's two guys off to the side and they're kind of chit chatting with each other. And she was like, have you had an opportunity where you got to sit down with somebody? And I was like, what is happening right now? (laughs) Because I had just like went through this, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and me being scientific, I'm trying, I'm trying to, you know, just filter it. I'm like, dude, all you, yeah. I was like, all you did was just shuffle cards and draw them. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's just, it's just the intuition, man. Just following what, you know, just listen to it. Yeah. Just kind of like, okay, well, all right, I'm going to go do this. Hmm. And, um, so I'm really big on resistance too. Um, I read a book about what resistance is. Um, and basically resistance are just all these things in your life that tell you that you can't achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Um, and I've learned how to block that out. So I feel myself going, ah, you can put it down for an hour. No, I'm not going to Nice. like that can wait. This is what I'm focusing on. Hmm. Um, and that resistance has been like getting rid of that resistance has been huge for me hmm. and, and just giving me so many opportunities again, just listening to yourself. And then, you know, that voice creeps up, Oh, you shouldn't do this. And it's like, go away. <laughs> you know, like I'm not ready for you right now. <laughs> yeah. And you just kind of start taking opportunities and putting yourself out there. And that's everything that led up to the, you know, the depression shoot, man. Um, because mm-hmm. I felt like it was something, it was a message that I needed to get out into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just watch people struggle. Um, mm-hmm. 
I have seen so many people and I've met so many people that have come through a lot in their life. Um, so much more than me. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I've had a horrible life and I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, I'm, you know, Oh, look at my bad, you know, past and all this. Um, yeah. it wasn't the best by any means, but, um, I've seen and met people who have fought cancer and they've come back from that. Mm -hmm. Um, people who have lost children who have almost lost their children due to things. And, it inspires me, man. Hmm. Um, so like I said in the beginning, like when you look at one of my photographs, there is a piece of me in those photographs. Like there is, there is, you know, a message there that I'm telling you, like whatever the subject is, is a survivor. Hmm. And they have gone through these trials and they have gone through so much stuff. And here they are, like they're standing in front of you. And so, yeah, my photography, man, it's just, it's been huge. It, it's just been such an eye opener for me and just kind of riding that wave, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the intuition, it's amazing how, how it comes up. Um, another story about the synchronicity we talked about earlier, I think you should share is, is uh, about the podcast episode, this podcast yeah. episode. <laughs> that one's interesting too. <laughs> I, I caught you off guard with that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we had started following each other, man. And you were, you know, we were kind of back and forth. Cause I really like, you know, going on your message and just, you know, like everything that you're promoting, um, just clicked with me. So like when you started following me and, you know, we're back and forth, like, you know, chit chatting through little comments and stuff like that. And, um, I went to my therapist one day and I was like, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to ask this dude to like be on his podcast. Like just, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an absolute nobody, like whatever, I'm going to do it. Um, and she was like, yes, like, why haven't you done that yet? Like, why haven't you reached out to him? And I'm like, I don't, I don't really know what to say. So I left that therapy session and I drove up to see my best friend in Virginia. And the whole time I'm like, dude, what am I going to say to this guy? Like, how do you approach it? You know, like, hi, I'm some guy who takes pictures. Can I be on your podcast? You know? Um, and I got in his driveway and got out of the car and you messaged me on Instagram and was like, Hey man, do you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> and so, and, and I'll tell you what, um, <clears throat> so there's, you know, manifesting, mm -hmm. manifesting the idea. Mm -hmm. Um, that week was sort of really strange because somebody had told me, um, like I told them that strange, super strange coincidence, um, that meaningful coincidence. Yeah. And um, they were like, wow, you manifested that. And then that same day at work, this woman returned a buggy to me and her shirt, her shirt said, manifest that shit. And I was like, Whoa. what? <laughs> like, what is happening? You know? <laughs> what, what, what happened to the world? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, but goodness. again, that's, that's, you know, riding the flow, man, letting go of the resistance and just using your intuition, doing, mm. doing what your brain tells you is the correct thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and we didn't, uh, we both have that intuition inside and we're going with it, but we never did anything. We're not special and we didn't do anything special to ourselves. We're not taking any magical pills. You know, it was just inner work in a sense. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. When you, when you allow yourself to be open to experiences, um, those experiences present themselves to you. Hmm. So, and, and that's been a really big part of the resistance. Like I said, you know, I've, I've had so much resistance and, and especially when I started doing photography where I was like, no, I shouldn't really go over there and take that picture or something like that. But then I started just being like, dude, screw it. Like I'm going to take pictures of whatever I want, you know, within, within kind of a moral standard. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you just allow yourself to, you know, get rid of those resistors and just 
go with it, man. Mm -hmm. And and if your brain says, dude, go over there and, and start taking pictures. And I did. I walked up on this woman and I took her picture. I asked her first. I was like, do you mind if I take your picture? Like you're, she was standing like on a piece of plywood. Um, we had our very first night in Greensboro of the protest turned really, really ugly. Mm -hmm. um, and so there was a bunch of windows and stuff that got busted out and all the businesses along Elm Street decided to put up plywood and people were out there like painting murals on the plywood and stuff just to, you know, give it a little bit more personality and spread more of their message. Um, and that woman was, you know, I walked up on her and she's kind of standing there and I was like, can I take your picture? Like I just, she just interests me so much. And she was like, okay, sure. And then she started kind of talking to me. And um, that was the woman who did my tarot card reading. So, yeah. <laughs> my gosh, I did not yeah. see that coming. Oh, man. So, yeah, she's, she's really cool, man. Like, we just sat there and talked for a second. She asked me about, like, my photography. And, like, I gave her my Instagram. I was like, you're more than welcome to look it up. Mm. You know, I, I tell people all the time, like, they'll ask me, you know, do you have stuff? And I'm like, yeah, here's my Instagram. If you don't look it up, it doesn't hurt my feelings, whatever. You know, like I'm still going to continue to post whether or not you follow me. Um, and she did, she looked me up and then that was, that was really cool, man. Wow. Cause I, I think I went through like her, her bio and I saw that she was like a, a reader and she had just kind of started working for that place to like help them out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, it's perfect time, like right. perfect timing. So hmm. yeah, it's pretty dope. There's too many coincidences <laughs> to call it a coincidence, I think. <laughs> right, exactly. So this this entire journey for photography has just been, I, I, you could call it just one big coincidence, like everything that's happened. Um, and it does, it continues to happen all the time. So. Mm, mm. Yeah. Uh, one thing I keep hearing you say is you have a scientific mind. And that's yes. something that, you know, I was always drawn to. I was a former meteorologist. And I saw that you were wanted to be a storm chaser. Man, every, okay, so when I was in the second grade, I remember specifically when this happened, and we were learning about clouds, mm. um, and so they, you know, we, you're looking at the pictures of the clouds and everything, um, and from that moment, I was like, oh, that's that's so cool, and then I started, I started, like, you know, going home, and I would look at the weather patterns, and, and thunderstorms would always interest me, mm. um, and it's like, I, I was never scared of them, you know, uh, like, when a storm rolls in, I'm the guy sitting in the window, like, ooh, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> just like, yes, I love it. More, um, more. Exactly, and so I always said, like, if I had the opportunity, man, I would I would chase storms. Mm. Um, the first like actual tornado that I ever saw was a water spout. You saw a tornado? It was, so it was a, jealous. it was a water spout. It was so cool, man. I, I think I was 11 or 12. Um, and it was off the coast here in North Carolina. Mm. And I remember seeing it and, and it wasn't, it wasn't a fearful feeling. I just saw it and I was like, Oh, I want to be closer to that. Like I want to, I want to examine it. I want to know like what it's doing. I want to kind of, mm. you know, just be in the energy of it. Obviously not in the middle of it. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But understanding <laughs> you know, the dynamics. Yeah, exactly. So mm. I just, and, and I've always said that like, I would be the guy on the top of the hotel in a category four hurricane with my shirt open, just like, you know, like, like Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump when he's on the top of the shrimp boat and he's like <laughs> screaming at God in the storm, you know, like that would be me. Oh <laughs> so, <my gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> so storms, man, just nature in general. I just mm. absolutely love just, you know, going hiking. I remember I went hiking. Um, I went hiking with a friend, um, in the Blue Ridge Mountains this year, and it was so foggy you couldn't see like your hand in front of you. And we got out there in the middle of the woods, and it was just it was a blanket of 
white in the mm. woods. And so I was like, let's just keep trekking. Let's see what happens. You know? wow. And the further we got in the woods, the thicker the fog got. And, mm. you know, it just kind of gets to a point where you're, you're standing there in the middle of sort of like this, this cotton abyss, you know, cause everything looks like cotton around you. There's so much fog cause the clouds are coming through. Mm. And I'm just like, man, like this is an experience. Like who, you know what I'm saying? How many times do you get to experience being in the middle of a cloud on a right. mountain? Yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. I take, I take nature very seriously. Um, I recently started getting into meditation a lot as well. Nice. Nice. Um, at first I thought I was, you know, supposed to be that guy that's like, you know, that's what the stereotype <laughs> for it or whatever. Yeah, right. Um, but when, once I kind of realized like what meditation really is, yeah. um, it's, it's become really cool, man. So I, have uh i have pretty severe attention deficit disorder so mm -hmm. my brain is constantly turned on all the time and so meditation has been a very difficult thing for me to figure out yeah um but i'm figuring it out and i remember recently um just you know practicing because that's my, my therapist tells me all the time like you're not supposed to be perfect at meditation you're just supposed to practice mm. um that's it, so yeah. I remember like I was wearing all black and I was sitting outside. It was like nine o'clock in the morning and the sun was directly in front of me and I could, you know, you could feel the heat kind of coming down on top of you, man. And it sort of felt like a solar panel. I was like, cool, I'm going to draw it in. I'm going to sit here. I'm like, you know, kind of get in my head a little bit and just, you know, breathe. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a few minutes. And then I sort of started getting this um, visualization that I was mm -hmm. sitting on a beach mm -hmm. and I was looking at the waves in front of me and the waves were very calm. So they were just steady across the horizon. There were no, you know, massive breaks or anything like that, but they're just, they're just sort of flowing. They're just sort of doing this. And I remember just, you know, breathing and taking it in because we associate the beach with peace. You know, everyone who goes to the beach, like that's, they're going to oh, mm -hmm. relax and that's their peace. And so it was just really interesting because I'm more of a mountain man anyways, but it was just really interesting that, you know, I just kind of visualized myself like sitting on this beach and just kind of watching the calm of the waves. And the whole week that week was, I was just sort of flat. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. down. I wasn't depressed and I wasn't overly excited. I was just calm. You know, that just centering, that balance. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, meditation has been a really, really interesting journey for me so far. So. Yeah, it's uh man, there's so many correlations between us, between the weather, our our experience of doing a little dive in and then kind of using our creativity to 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 leave our old position and then join a new position. And um the other thing is the ADHD. I had a lot of attention deficit issues and meditation and breathing was the number one thing that helped. Another thing that helped was I started uh, doing puzzles instead of watching you know, TV and, yes. and, and social media. And I started learning <laughs> piano and classical piano to just really get myself uh, into a new program because I realized that we're built, we're, we're building ourselves as, you know, as kids, we're hypnotized by the world. We build our, ourselves through our actions and then we can rebuild ourselves and reprogram ourselves. So, right. you know, I really right. took it to heart and, you know, did the work I needed to do and it helped so much. It's amazing. And I like the puzzles thing, man. I, I love puzzles. Like yeah. I'm, I'm really big into organization. And so like people I work with, they know I'm super detail oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's directly stemmed from attention deficit. Like mm -hmm. it really is like my attention to detail is because there's, I'm, I'm always moving four or five steps ahead and I'm always planning and I'm always, you know, in my brain, I'm like, okay, this is going to go there. That's 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 going to, that's how it's going to look. Yeah. Um, 
and when I got into puzzles, I thought I was going to hate it. No, <laughs> using that word, you know, I, I did. Yeah. That was my emotion to it. I was just like, this is yeah. so dumb. But my very first puzzle I ever did was a thousand piece puzzle. Nice. And it was rewarding. Like right. it felt so good to do that. And then after that, I just totally fell in love with yeah. puzzles, man. So it is such a great activity. Um, put on some classical music and do a puzzle and watch what happens. There you watch. go. Give I, it 10 I, minutes and watch. <laughs> I, I'm a, I, it's the flow, it's the flow zone in, in a sense that you can kind of tap into if you, if you, you know, really put your, your, your attention into the puzzle yeah. and have your surroundings and environment you know, suited to what, what you, what you like in a sense. Yep. Once you, once you start getting those pieces together, it's like, all right, this is making sense. So yeah. yeah. And fun. then you look at the clock and you're like, Oh my gosh, I've been doing this for four hours. Like, yeah. Where did the yeah. time go? Like, Oh God. And then, you know, old you or old me is uh, five minutes is almost too much to do one thing. You're just here and there and, and, yeah. and all over the place. So exactly. Yeah, very interesting stuff. And it, and it should excite people out there that, that, that maybe, have issues with attention or anything that you can change yourself. You can start tapping into your life and it makes life really, really exciting. I mean, if you need a spirit or a spirituality, that's it. When I started looking at ADD as one of my resistors to my daily life, that really changed because just like mental health issues, it doesn't go away, but mm. you figure out how to use it to an advantage. And that's exactly what I've done. So. Mm. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. And then, and, and like uh, Carl Jung says, we all have a shadow and you cannot relinquish and get rid of the shadow. You just have to be able to integrate it. Exactly. Um, and it's, you know, this conversation's right there. So we're getting close to the end. Okay. I'm really enjoying this conversation. A uh, lot of great information. I actually have goosebumps right now. Really good That's stuff awesome. going on. <laughs> <laughs> and keeping in our theme of mysteries in this crazy world, I'm wondering one mystery about mind, body, or life that you wish you had the answer to. Oh man, I think the most obvious one um, would probably be like, you know, obviously what happens after we die. Um, mm. And and it's so, I think that that's pretty generic, but to me, it stands really true because we don't know. Like that's the one question that we can't answer. We have absolutely no idea like what happens we see and we have these theories you know like energy can never be created or destroyed it can only be transferred right um so it's like when you take away this energy where does it go mm. you know and and what happens after that and mm. what happens to the subconscious when it stops clicking does it go somewhere else does it become something else so absolutely um you know when i look into the cosmos and and especially you know the night that i did the astrophotography photo of the lighthouse you know, and, and you could see the galaxy behind you. It makes you feel so small. Mm -hmm. And you just think about like how many of those stars are, you know, dead, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it took them billions and billions of years to get here. And you're looking at like a shell of a star and you're like, yeah, yeah but what happens to that star when it dies? Mm. So Man, that is a good answer. No one's ever said that yet. I've always asked that in my podcast and so far the first one. So my man, it's been beautiful. Where can people find you, find your material, your photography, anything else going on? Uh, the honestly, man, the best way is Instagram. I love Instagram. Um, there's so much outreach on Instagram, obviously. Hello. <laughs> you know, um, I am Stroby one Kenobi underscores between <laughs> Stroby <laughs> and one. And, uh, it's actually spelt with an A in Kenobi and not an E. I've, I've got ragged on that a couple of times and people are like, you know, Kenobi spelt K E N. And I'm like, dude, uh -huh. I know, I know it is, <laughs> but 
I'm not Obi-Wan. I'm sure Obi-Wan. Mine has an A. Um, That's the best way. Um, I, uh, on Facebook, photos by Steven Strobel. Um, And honestly, my personal Facebook, I don't really do anything with my personal Facebook except post from my photography page. Um, So just Steven Strobel on Facebook and then photos by Steven Strobel. But like I said, Instagram is the best way, man. Strobel underscore one underscore Kenobi with an A. So that's it. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Steven, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much.